1: You're listening to Puck and Roll. Bring no shame, I lose my voice.
0: Screaming at the gods, but the bad we've done. Merle said, Mommy, child, but the prison still.
2: Welcome back to season three of the Puck and Roll podcast. We are back after a long summer hiatus. And uh, as always, I'm joined by Aaron Idovich and Joshua Rosa. And uh, we have many topics to cover and cannot cover everything. But we're going to just talk about some of the big topics and uh, yeah, mainly just have a nice chat, uh, keep it low key and laid back. And just have a nice time chatting about hockey. So uh, to start off, Aaron, Josh, how are you guys doing?
0: I'm I'm doing all right. It's been a it's been a crazy day. I'm in midterms right now with school. There was a little bit of Twitter drama that was going on, so I uh, got myself off that. And uh, yeah, I'm just living life, watching hockey, talking about hockey. It's a pretty uh, it's a pretty demanding uh, part of my life.
1: <laughs> Josh. Man, uh, you said we're having a low key episode. I am so high strung and just angry about this, the way this year has
2: started for Montreal. We don't have oh, to keep man. it low key. That was—it's it, not a rule. Uh, we can, we can step outside of that. For I mean, sure. there's definitely reasons. I, I knew
1: that. I knew that Montreal was not there, and we needed like at least one more year of good drafting. But man, the cost of a whole season for Doc and. Like at least probably a month for Ghoulie. Uh, who knows at this point right now? It's just oh man, it's so rough. It's so to We're
0: go cursed. from the high of cursed. that
1: amazing Toronto game <laughs> to
0: yeah.
1: rock bottom immediately. It's immediately. Uh, I just and then yeah, and then I'm like, let's let's go be a Columbus fan too, and that just has worked out great the Mike Babcock thing, and then <laughs> just yeah. get shut out by James Reimer and the Detroit Red Wings. It's been a hot great. I'm just going to jump off and follow you guys over to Buffalo, but even they're not, they're not doing great either. They're right? not doing great <laughs> either. But I, I, awesome can't, I can't win. I can't win at this point. It's so it's been fun. It's been great. Yeah. Awesome. Become a Leafs fan. I, I just I might, and then I'll just <laughs> that just delays. That's rock part bottom, from <laughs> from
0: Now that
2: end of the year to the end of the year. God,
1: yeah.
2: It's Like don't don't stay a Leafs fan <laughs> At least I get playoffs. Like that,
1: that would hurt you. A few much. months of good stuff.
2: Man, that's that's betrayal. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I can't. <laughs> it hurt enough yeah. when I was a Leafs fan for like a week when they played Florida, and then got their butts handed to them in five games. Uh just can't win. Just cannot win.
2: Yeah. Speaking so that's of how not I've been winning. Doing... Speaking of not winning, Kirby Doc uh being out will not lead to Canadians victories this season. Um any emotions on that front from you guys? <laughs> no oh, and
1: he no. was doing so good with him too. Ow. Oh. Ah, ah it's just venting at this point like Slavkowski had his best game of his career in Toronto and yep. I don't think he's looked bad without Doc but he's definitely not been the same after that and oh, i just I'm excited to see the next Montreal Chicago game just to see what happens to Jared Tenorti former Canadians draft pick because of course he is. Oh, oh! I just, yeah, lots of emotions, none of them good. All, all, all part of being a Habs fan. It's just been
2: Spain without such BS. a week.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm personally numb. This was uh, the worst possible thing that could have happened to the team this year. Because yep. I think Kirby Doc's are future first line center. And he's not even going to be playing this season. So a lot of emotions, and then none of them positive. I was speechless when it happened. I didn't sleep well the, the night after. It's not what I hoped for, expected, or... Okay. What I like this is genuinely the worst possible case scenario. I couldn't have come up with this in my mind at all.
2: Not ideal. Yeah. Uh definitely not ideal. I, I, I can't say it, it's affected me too much emotionally, mainly because I think I'm uh becoming less and less of a ham fan with time and like the more <laughs> I'm watching and scouting, the more I'm becoming a fan of the game. And it's like well now Zach Benson's playing in Buffalo, so of course I'm gonna go cheer for Buffalo. Yeah, of for course. A uh, and I think that with time when I'm associating my, my emotions in hockey with specific players and cheering players on rather than teams, I'm becoming less of a Habs fan. But uh, I've, I've, been, I've watched every minute that they've played so far this season and, and the preseason. Uh, and uh, yeah, Doc being out uh, hurts and makes the team a lot less fun to watch. Uh, I'm sure it makes the team a lot less yeah. fun to play for. Uh, and it, it makes them worse, <laughs> so uh, a lot of uh, not great things to, to do there with the doc injury, but there there may there may still be a silver lining to come of it. Maybe we're going to see a player like Joshua Hua uh, get an extended time uh, like opportunity in the NHL, potentially even in a top nine for the Habs, which could be exciting and fun. But uh, it would not make the team as good as it would have been otherwise. We're slacking for Macklin, baby. Slacking for Macklin. Yeah, I like it. That's,
1: that's a good slogan. A I that's I can't one. claim to come up with it. I someone tweeted it out at some point, and I read it because I was trying to
0: figure out what to. Whoa, name whoa, this whoa, whoa! We need we need to pause here. Strauss man just scored a goalie goal in Laval.
2: Whoa! What? Serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to watch the clip. Does, does Scott, has Scott Matla posted it? He always posts it. Yeah, stuff.
0: Scott Matla posted it.
2: You know, I was going to... what? <laughs> oh, my God. It wasn't even a... He didn't shoot it. It went off. It, it was shot off of him and went in. How? What? How does that happen? Yeah, it was just shot off. It hit, like, with his pad. Cause we shot them behind the net wow habs hockey okay
0: I goal
2: a goalie goal in the first period is not something i've seen
0: before i is that the first or... time ever it might be the first time I mean, ever
2: i remember i remember the martin berdur goal that was an own goal that was like in the second period i think in an nhl game yeah uh, but it was more, it, it was given to Berdur, I think, but like, it was like literally just passed into their own net, like from the offensive zone, uh, from the other team. But I don't know if that was the first period. Yeah. And that's funny. Here
1: um, I was wow. going to make fun of Winnipeg for giving their goalies goalie goal songs, but
0: now hey, they're proving I mean, me. I mean, I mean like
2: Strauss, man, he's the man. He, I I like his story. He he's so likable as a player. Um, and he scored Laval's first goal of the game. Wow, that's great! Doing everything on the ice. So, Aaron, Josh, if you can t- take away any silver lining from this Kirby Duck injury, whether it be in terms of how the roster is constructed or the cap space it might open or whatever it may be. What would it be? How how can we paint this in any type of positive? Because it is quite clearly a not great situation.
1: Oh, I, I've got two words for you Macklin Celebrini. That, that's <laughs> what I got. Um, and not saying that he's definitely going to be first overall because, I mean, it's still early. And, I mean, that injury to Demidov doesn't help, but given his position and nationality and everything and what I've seen so far, he's very, very good. And he's a center. Um, So yeah, that's my lining (laughs) is that Montreal's odds of winning the lottery has gone way higher after Doc has been injured, which is sad to say, but I mean, like you said, It'll be fun to see some of the young guys try and step up. Joshua Wah, maybe we see RHP in a even heavier role than he was originally going to be in, which is always nice to see. So that's good, but man, it hurts. It really hurts.
0: I mean, I'm so excited for the Habs to draft late Euro riser, Mikael Branzig-Nagard. He's good. That's, He's fun. I, I like him. He's genuinely who I expect the Hubs to leave the draft
2: with. but I mean, if they're picking 10th overall or something, fine, I guess. Yeah. Like, a slight reach maybe, but... If we're out of yeah. the top three. I just, I have a feeling. I don't know. But
0: uh, I mean, it's great for Alex player. Newhook. Yeah. Alex yeah. Newhook's going to get to play at C. He's been this great. is probably his last chance yeah. to prove himself as a center before he's on the wing for good.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Because he was like complimentary going. to he's that. Great. So... I, I mean, I think the fact that the Habs have many players that are positionally versatile, being able to play both down the middle and on the wing is yeah. really nice, both in terms of being that's adaptable a luxury. to injuries, but also in terms of, like, on-ice tactics and having, perhaps, different players that are strong face-off, take, face-off takers on the same line, uh, and just overall, strategically, having players be able to comfortably switch assignments between center and winger roles. Yeah. Uh which is just a- advantageous in general. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Newhook's been excellent. I mean, three goals in three games so far to this point and uh, bringing a ton of speed uh, to the Habs. So uh, what what are your guys' quick takeaways from uh, Newhook's first couple games games uh, in the Bleu Blanc Rouge?
1: No, oh, yeah, he's been, everything is advertised um, and probably even more like he just didn't get the, I mean... Colorado is just so much that it's really obvious it's clear why he didn't get the fair shake but he's proven that he deserved a better better spot and he's really making the most of it and he's probably been my favorite guy to watch outside of Slavkovsky in that first game but yeah he's been great
0: yeah he's he's been electric he's you're seeing why we acquired him he's so fast he's got amazing Offense instincts, and he's fun. And Habs hockey should be fun, and not whatever Habs hockey is right now.
2: Yeah, it, it hasn't been the best, but yeah, that that new and Newhook a fun uh, like connection has been pretty good. Like, uh, what what are kind of like some of the standout aspects of those two players as a duo so far? Because they have played most of their five five, five minutes together to this point in the season.
0: Uh, this has Go been the best it. hockey Yuri Sapkowski has played in his career, like in his NHL career. He's always involved. He's not making as many mistakes as he was last year. He's more balanced. And like, I mean, had he said it best, he looks like a whole different player. He's addressed the things in his game that he ne- that needed to be addressed.
2: And he's 19 years old. So there, there's a lot to be excited about there. Yeah, for sure. Josh.
1: What's your take on that connection? Yes, I'll speak now. Um, Barring any weird internet things. I swear I got a whole sentence in before. It just all (laughs) fell apart. Um, Yeah, just Slavkovsky's emergence as a quality playmaker and having actual vision on the ice is really just elevated everyone that he's played with and new hooks got the speed and the skill to take advantage of it. And just the instant chemistry has been great. Like this is a duo. And I would have said a trio if we were talking about the first game that we could really see working out in Montreal for years and years and years to come because they're so young, but they're already producing so well. Like the future is bright. We just have to, Keep everyone healthy and see how it goes. Yeah. But, saying to your point about versatility, um, Montreal does have great versatility, except do not, you cannot separate Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield for, for some reason. It's just illegal, apparently. All yeah. that versatility and they just cannot separate two guys that should be at this I, mean, I think one one shouldn't even be playing right now. It's Nick Suzuki I think is hurt.
2: He looks injured. Yeah.
0: He just he doesn't he doesn't look like himself because even last year Suzuki, who was abysmal defensively, he was still impactful every night. And he's been just his game has taken such a big step back this year. I have a hard time believing that he's
2: that he's healthy. Even just comparing it to his preseason tape, I thought he looked really strong in preseason. I thought he was really on point and ready to go for the year. Uh, And then the news came out that he had that medical day. uh, Yeah. And basically since that, I've been watching him a little bit more closely and he just doesn't look comfortable. He blocked Uh, a shot and he looked to be in visible pain. Yeah. So look, he has this
0: Iron Man streak, but that doesn't matter. And Especially if, if he's no the one in your career with the Iron Mastery. Yeah. Like, because we know that he was injured at the end of last year. and There was really. zero reason for him to be playing. So yeah. if he's the one that's telling the medical staff that he wants to play, he shouldn't be the one to make that decision.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's worrisome. <laughs> Definitely one thing in the long line of things with the Habs at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I I think maybe to pivot away from the doom and gloom of the Habs injury crisis at the moment, uh, which seems to be a recurring rhetoric every single season. Uh, yeah. let's maybe look at, at like the brighter side, which I guess would be in terms of prospects. Uh, among the Habs prospects, there's a few that have already stood out uh, in the past. Like what two months or so since the season's kicked off in some places. Like Bogdan Kanyushkov, for instance, is eating massive minutes in the KHL and playing the role of a puck mover and uh, playing, again, like a huge, huge role for Torpedo, which is a fairly decent KHL organization, which has been great to watch. And obviously Knyushkov was a an overager when he was drafted, so he's already 20 years old and he has a contract for three more seasons, including this one. Uh, before he'd be el- eligible to come over to North America. But the fact that he's been playing great has been really, really nice to see. And he's already looking like a pretty uh, good value fourth-round draft pick. So, uh, Aaron, I know you're a big fan of his too. So what's, what's your take on Knyushkov? I I adore
0: Bogdan Knyushkov, And that's bold of me to say because I had no idea who he was at the draft. But at a certain point, same way you can bet on goalies with save percentage, you have a 20-year-old that's like third in the entire KHL in ice time. That's insane. He's being relied on as a number one defenseman in a league that's so well known for not giving young guys ice time. It's, it's amazing. And I watch his games. He's not he's not K.L. McCarr. He's not a highlight reel guy, but he makes some passes and he has some hits. He's amazing along the boards. And you look at that and you say, maybe there's an impactful NHL guy here because he's playing against top competition. He's in the second or third best league in the world. There's definitely something there because we have like, we have him, we have Adam Engstrom playing top line, then it's in the SHL. We have Lane Hudson, obviously Our the future of our defense looks really good.
2: Yeah, for sure. There, there are definitely some fun elements in that defensive core. Josh, are there any other defensemen the have prospect pool that you want to uh, give a mention to?
1: I don't know if you can how much you could call him a prospect anymore, but I was just really, really happy to see Matthias Norlander have a, such a good bounce back this off season and pretty much almost make the team. Like, um, I don't think he was like i Watched one game live um, in Toronto in the preseason, and he wasn't, I think, was that the last one that he was in? And he wasn't amazing in it, but I think he held his own, and being top line in Laval should be great for him. But just seeing someone that has come from so high fall down to the depths that he had the past two seasons, and then having that bounce back is just... Really nice because he's such a fun player to watch and hopefully he can keep this up and maybe get some playing time if uh like the ghoulie injury is as bad as we think it is, or if other guys go down, then maybe we can see him up in the NHL. It'd be very interesting to see how he does, but just knowing that he's gotten it back on track is just really nice to see.
0: Especially since people were saying he was going back to Europe.
2: So. yeah of course like it wasn't long ago where uh mm-hmm. it, it, i mean it was also i mean honestly pretty widely assumed that norlander wouldn't even feature into the half's plans any longer uh and this yeah there was there. unfounded rumors yeah there are definitely some unfounded rumors there on, on his behalf but uh, I, I agree i, I love watching him play and while while norlander now is definitely not the player that uh, a lot of Habs fans believed uh, that that Bednarlander that could become a couple of years ago. Uh, he's definitely like slotting himself into the role of potentially being like a a a decent NHL piece. And while that may be on a third pairing, it could still be an impactful and puck moving role. I thought that that's uh, for a third uh, round Brees pick, is... exactly. Like it, it, kind of coming full circle, where that's kind of just like par for the course value in that in that range. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it, 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 I've been very, very happy to see that. And I've been happy for Norlander because it did, as Josh said, look very bleak for quite a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look with the Ghoulie injury, there's going to be a hole opening up pretty quickly and it will be on the left side of the defense. And considering that the Habs, uh, I mean, they haven't even played Justin Barron, uh, with only two right shot defensemen in the line. Wait, no. Yeah. Two. Only, only two in the lineup, yeah. uh, and they haven't been playing him, so maybe they call up Norlander and play him ahead of Baron, too. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that but... would be
0: interesting on several levels.
2: <laughs> I mean, it would yep. be questionable on Baron's development, for for sure, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, but, it kind of may delving a bit deeper to have prospect pool uh, Another player who's gotten off to a really decent start is Jacob Fowler, who's started off in the NCAA and uh, is already the starting goaltender with Boston College, uh, which is a pretty good program that features the likes of Will Smith and Ryan Leonard, uh, along with a bunch of other uh, really, really interesting players like Cutter Goatsay, for instance. Uh, and and he's been fantastic. Like his first uh, NCAA start was tremendous. I believe he only conceded one goal on forty something shots, uh, and and he's gotten off to a great start. So uh, it's again, goalies are uh, more difficult to project uh, from the draft than than skaters are uh, typically. But uh, Jacob is a really intelligent, if perhaps unorthodox goaltender. And uh, the fact that he's already in a high-profile role as a starting goaltender for one of the top programs in the U.S. is great to see. And the fact that he's putting up great numbers is even nicer. So he's another player to be uh, optimistic about. Uh, But, yeah, and any other takes, whether it be on any player that we've mentioned so far or uh, someone else entirely? Uh, I love Jacob Fowler.
0: I think that he was a very high-value pick at uh, 69. And I'm super excited for his development because, again, yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, you, you bank on save percentage. He's been elite at every level he's played. And if he can keep that up in the NCAA, people are going to say it's like a Caden Primo situation, but Primo wasn't putting up those types of numbers in the USHL. And the USHL is so well-known for being a terrible goalie league where your average save percentage is like an 890. And he had, a yeah. what, 921? That's... Unicorn-level stuff. So he's not the most orthodox goalie, but uh, there's something there, and I, I'm excited for it.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, he's, he's definitely one of the more interesting goaltending prospects in the Habs system alongside Jakub dobev I think yeah. those, those two clear the rest by a decent margin in terms of uh, projection and value at this point in time. But uh, maybe looking a little bit further ahead to the 2024 NHL draft. Are there any players so far that have like really stood out to you in terms of like maybe entertainment value in that draft class or just players that you might want to delve a bit deeper into? Entertainment value
0: wise got to go with uh, Zane Parik. Yeah. Because I, I adore his game. I have so much fun watching him and I can like, he's in my top five right now. He's my top defenseman in the draft right now. I don't know if that'll stay,
2: but I, I too, adore right? him. Yeah, is that the, I I think he's currently at three on my board, but that's ten. He's of, a four for me. Yeah, I I, I like Zane Perek a ton as well. Just like the pure dynamism is like only the only really rivaled by by Cole Hudson in the draft class among defensemen, and yeah. uh, Zane Perek's defensive game and off puck game is. Already quite a bit more refined than hear. Hudson's is. Yeah, he looked fantastic, and because
0: I watched uh, the first Saginaw game against Oshawa, he was fantastic. And Saginaw yeah. rough games, so
2: yeah, 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 for sure. Like, I, but Perek just comes to play every single game, and he's really quite terrific, terrific defensively. He's better defensively than he probably should be for such a dynamic offensive defenseman. Uh, but he, and he shot, his win. shooting
0: instincts are like are fantastic.
2: Oh, it, it, tremendous shooting instincts, tremendous shot. Uh he would have had the best shot among 2023 draft eligible defensemen as well. Uh and yeah. I think he will also uh win that award in 2024. So uh yeah, he, he he's 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 a real deal. He, he's a ton of fun. Um Decent frame to build off of too. He's six feet tall and he's I think only like 170 pounds or something. So he's still definitely gaining muscle, but but there yeah. there is definitely a decently bit large frame to build on there. So I'm not too concerned in terms of how small he is. He doesn't play small. He's not too afraid of absolutely uh, initiating contact with other players. Uh, he's a ton of fun. Yeah, same for excellent. And like
0: I, awesome. I wouldn't say he's small to the point where it's ever going to be. Yeah, that much of a problem
2: i agree i th- and i think he has the skating ability and the intelligence and all the other tools and habits to kind of support his style of play at his current size so if he's even able to add like 20 25 pounds to his frame in the next couple of years i think that he'll be totally totally fine at the nhl level uh yeah same X, awesome uh but josh are there any 2024 eligibles that who, whose names you wanted to throw into the hat well i guess Sticking with the
1: kind of theme that we got going on, I've been looking at a couple of games from a fellow OHL defender, Henry Muse. I've been yeah. messing with him pretty good. He's very, um, I guess I'd say well-rounded, could really develop into that strong two-way defender, able to hold his own on his own zone and put up decent, but not great offensive numbers but not be a liability on that end um definitely still early at looking at any of the draft picks i think i've seen two games of him but from what i've seen i he's probably pretty good like yeah. top 20 top 15 hopefully we'll see how things go but he's just solid all around in his entire game really
2: yeah no, for sure. Like Mews is, is definitely a fun player. He's so mobile. He's a great four-way mobility skater. Like uh, and as you said, I think he's he's quite solid at both ends of the ice. Like I I've, I've watched him live probably like 25 times at this point uh, with Ottawa. So I, I I've gotten to know his game decently well. So half of those games of last season he was playing it forward, so you get a bit of a different sample with that uh, when he's playing a completely different position. Uh, but he, he he is a very versatile player, and he was a totally fine forward as well. Uh, though he is definitely better as a defenseman in, in my view. He's he's more he's more creative when plays to- completely in front of him rather than surrounding him. So playing from the back end kind of gives him an advantage with that. Uh, but yeah, definitely a player to watch and. I, I think at this point, I probably agree that he's, I think, like a 15 to 20 range guy yeah. for me, too. So, uh, yeah, it's not the strongest draft class ever. Like, I think in, in the 2023 NHL draft, he would have definitely been lower than that 15 to 20 range. But in this class, I definitely think that's kind of where he slots in, uh, at, at least with, my, with the, the early season viewings I've it's gotten so far really, and, so- and going back to last year. But we still have so much of a sample remaining between now and the draft that uh, the, these takes are eventually going to uh, age very uh, yeah. differently. Some are going to age like wine, and some are going to age like milk. Cole Hudson will age like
0: wine. Guarantee it. Yeah,
2: I mean, considering that he's, he's he's featuring in like 28th overall on some of the the rankings I'm seeing from That's mainstream wild. media. Um yeah, I I definitely like. He's I, gonna have to make a growth chart to the combo. Yeah, I, I mean, look, look, like Cole Hudson's an interesting case because his offensive game is more refined than Lane's was. But he's as even a draft scared. eligible, and he's younger as a draft eligible by like half a year, and uh, he's a way better skater, and uh, he's a lot more fluid. That said his defensive game is considerably worse and there's and a lot of holes a lot. and it makes it so much fun as a scout frustrating too, but like mainly for coaches, it's frustrating from a scout perspective. He is like the most fun project for me to delve into this season of just really trying to, to learn how he thinks the game. Uh, because ultimately I think that how he thinks the game is going to define whether or not his defensive game can take those leaps Uh, Because I don't really think it's down to his physical tools. I think it's mainly in in terms of his his defensive habits. And I think he has a couple pretty rough habits that uh, are are tough to unlearn. He's taking Uh, a high risk,
0: high reward to another level.
2: It's not just that. He gets very, very, very tunnel vision on the puck carrier. He gets pulled out of position constantly. Uh, He does desperation plays in situations that shouldn't be desperation plays. He's so mobile, but he continuously gets caught flat footed because he's pretty upright uh off puck so when uh the opponent gets around him with its high center of gravity he struggles to redirect his own momentum and and kind of chase afterwards uh so he's often left in the dust despite being a really really strong skater like a couple of those are are kind of quick fixes but uh, other pieces of it are uh problematic so it's going to be really really cool to see how he develops over the course of the season but even if his defensive game doesn't improve at all over the course of the year he'd still be worth the swing in the first round in my view because the offensive skill is just so fantastic oh. uh and yeah ton of fun to watch uh with the puck on the stick defensively uh, fun isn't the word i'd use but uh um entertaining and eventful maybe uh, yeah, things happen when he's on the ice uh, at all ends. So uh yeah, very fun. Um, Do you think
1: he'll get over like if he'll go higher, or be a bit more overrated based on what happened with Cole last? Didn't uh, thought last year, but here he was drafted, how low he went, and how much higher in esteem that people have him now
2: yeah i mean i, I definitely assume I, i'd be surprised if cole hudson fell to 62nd overall um but i do think that his defensive game is bad enough that there's a chance that he doesn't end up as a first round pick uh i just think that that would be a mistake if he doesn't end up in the first round uh but i i think that he's a pretty decent bet to go in the second because you're gonna get a team that was close to picking lane hudson last time around and didn't uh, take a swing on Cole uh, because the skill, like there are similarities in their games. These are both highly intelligent, tremendously dynamic, and creative offensive defensemen. Who and they just uh, need to hope that Cole takes yeah. the same leap. Landed. Yeah, yeah of course, and, and, and you're hoping that, like, like I mean, it, like Cole's already like, like I believe like 5'10". Five, five, yeah, um, but. If he can grow to like maybe six feet or something, I'm sure that would uh, convince a lot of NHL teams that there's a completely different player here than if he capped out at 5'11. Uh, but uh, even in terms of the on ice ability, I, I agree. Like, I think that uh, the fact that Lane ha- that has been able to make that jump to the NCAA and dominate uh, will convince a lot of teams that Cole Hudson, who's showing a lot of similar attributes at the same level as Lane, has a chance of uh, replicating what Lane's been able to do. So uh, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a tremendous amount of fun uh, in terms of comparing the two brothers. I think at this point it's too early to, to make any actual comparisons. Like I think we need a draft year season to, to draw any of those links. Uh, but even then there's a six month gap between them in terms of their draft years uh, where, where Lane's older and Cole is younger, uh, which makes it, even more difficult to compare, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, see as, as the year goes on, but, uh, definitely the comparisons and how they process the game and how they approach offensive hockey is so much fun and, uh, brings so much dynamism to the ice. So Cole Hudson is yeah. definitely a big name to watch this season for the 2024, uh, draft. All right, and I think that kind of wraps up our discussion for this episode. Uh, perhaps not quite as lighthearted as I first uh, naively anticipated. Uh, just because I'm numb to the emotions of the, of hats <laughs> hockey doesn't mean that everyone is. Uh, so I should not have projected that onto you guys. Uh, but yeah, like it, it. It's been great to to have this chat with you guys uh, again and to get the season three underway. Uh, and on that note, thank you so much, Aaron and Josh for joining and thank you to the listener for listening and, uh, we will see you again very soon.